Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to the new episode of the Miles Side Pod. This is Miles Monroe Jr., your host. As you know, on the pod, our goal is always to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. All right? Have a great pod today. Um, first of all, the team is here. The wife is here. Hey, babe. Oh, I like that for you, the wife. <laughs> um, uh, today, I, I wanted to discuss um, a particular topic, right? And I have a guest on the pod today um, who I feel has a great story. And, and it's, a, it's something that I, I think all of us experience at some point in some way in our lives. Uh, and I just wanted to shed some light on the process of going through these seasons in our life and how we make it on the other end. So uh, the topic for today is how to rebuild. And my guest today is a great friend of mine. Uh, I, I met her a couple of years ago during, uh, during the COVID uh, period. You know, all of us were stuck in our homes and I was stuck in my home and I was tired of looking at the same old type of place that I was in, right? And I was like, yo, I gotta, I, 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 I'm, I'm itching to do something, right? So I hit up a friend of mine, I was like, yo, I had a, have an idea to do a, just a little bit of renovation to my place, you know, any, uh, any interior that designer that you could recommend. And he was like, yes, I have this lady who is pretty good at it. Uh, he introduced us. And we have been rocking ever since. So I mean, we've, magic. He's my real friend now. <laughs> we've become great friends. I want to introduce to the pod Mrs. Larie Tynes, everyone. Let's clap her up. Hi, guys. So, yes. Welcome, welcome, Larie. Thank you for having me. Thank my you for joining me today. Um, like I said, the, the the topic of today's pod is is how to rebuild. But I want to get, let's, let's start with. Um, a little bit of an introduction to you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you are Bahamian, born and raised in the Bahamas. I'm Bahamian, Bahamian. I like to say things twice because I want you to know I real. That's how you know we real Bahamians when you say things yeah. twice. <laughs> so if you go, if you if you uh, encounter a Bahamian and they say something like "morning, morning" or, or <laughs> "married, married," "married, married," or like, that's that's truly a God. Bahamian. <laughs> God, God. Yeah, but, but go ahead, just a brief introduction, Marie. So tell, tell us a bit about yourself. So I am a wife, a um, mother of two, and interior designer. And um, that's me. I've been doing this for about over 17 years. Okay, before you get to your profession, <laughs> so you were, you were born in uh, Nassau, Nassau Bahamas. And I've spent my summers, like so many summers in Long Island. My kids will be sent, spending summers in Long Island Long as Island. well. So you have family. So Long Island is, uh, for those international listeners, Long Island is a... Uh, one of our outer islands. Uh, Nassau is the capital, or New Providence is the capital of the Bahamas. Uh, but Long Island is one of our other islands. So Lurie uh, lives in Nassau, or grew up in Nassau, but spent a lot of her time yeah. on, on Long Island as Long well. Long Island is very rural, mm -hmm. so we still have wells, and um, some homes don't have mm -hmm. um, running water, so, you know, and so it's, it's, it's authentically the island experience. Sure, yeah. Sure. Well, well, what, what do you prefer? You prefer Nassau or you prefer Long Island? I like the opportunity to go back and forth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's the ultimate, um, what's that word that um, we use a lot now lately, off the grid. Mm, okay. I think Long Island is considered the 
the original off the grid mood. Yeah, okay. I love it. All right, so you're um, <clears throat> moving on to your profession. <clears throat> Officially, you're an interior designer. That's what yes. you usually say. Yeah. So how how did you get into this profession? What what inspired you to become an interior designer? So I was always interested in the arts, and then my dad has a construction company, okay. and so earlier on, like say I was around five when I went to my like first official site, and I fell in love with watching the building process and understanding how things go in sequence, and so having a background in construction. I didn't necessarily want to focus on the building aspect, but more so the design part of it. And so um, that's how I got started. I went to art school Mm -hmm. and I spent the first two years just studying the history of art, painting, and it it was a great experience, I can't (laughs) lie. (laughs) Okay, and you work for your, you have your own company now. Have you always had your own own design company? No, I started my, career off at Bahamar. Okay. It was one of the still one of the largest um, hotel um, properties that we have in the Bahamas and it was a great experience. I interned in LA for about six months with Diana Wong. She's one of the greatest hospitality interior designers in the world mm-hmm. and so I really got a chance to get a, a good kick start in okay. my career. And you grew a, a fairly successful career into a successful company, right? Yeah, I would say so. I am proud of it. Done well for yourself. Yeah, I will. (laughs) (laughs) So again, so going back to uh, the topic of the day, right? How how to rebuild. Uh, The reason why I wanted to bring Lurie on the pod was because she she has a very unique experience, right? Um, As a lot of you know, the Bahamas was hit with uh, one of the largest and most devastating storms uh, in our history, a Category 5 hurricane. And the hurricane was called Hurricane Dorian, right? And... Um, Marie was living in Abaco at the time and you know she well I'll let you tell your story so walk us through your experience with with Hurricane Dorian because I know like a lot of people that uh, had that uh, that that storm you know pass over them in particular the the islands of Grand Bahama and Abaco um, y'all felt the the brunt of the storm right Um, us here in Nassau we had some experiences, but it wasn't as bad as, as, as you guys. So, so just tell us a little bit about it. And, and again, you were living in Abaco at the time, uh, working in full-time in your profession. You had a, a great business going, and then you were faced with, with this storm. I think it was one of the hardest hits I've ever had to experience because it wasn't just like we had a hurricane and then we could go back home. Mm-hmm. It was more so there was a hurricane, we lost our businesses, we lost our home, we lost our vehicles, we lost the content of our home. Mm -hmm. And then in addition, we lost our schools and community. And then, um, and then we all had to, to, to start over. And it it was the force to, you know, come back. And I think um, when things like that happen, it's, you have to feel it, Mm -hmm. you have to be in that space, Mm -hmm. and you have to accept what's happened and so i took a a while to um be in my feelings sure sure so and i mean you know that's expected so i, I want to walk through like different aspects of your life both personally and professionally um in talking about the effects that the hurricane had on it so when it comes to the your business and the business side of things the aftermath of, of dorian how, how did that affect business so luckily, I had some clients on 
on board before the hurricane. So their projects were still ongoing. And I actually wanted to quit. Like, I wanted to say, like, okay, you... I actually gave them other designers that they can work with and that we could just close out the project because I just need my time. I may not want to design anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like if my furniture is in the ocean somewhere that I am able to source furniture for someone else. Um, so I tried, mm -hmm. but um, they wouldn't let me quit. And um, so that's HLB, the big picture. And then even when we met, um, I was very, because we had the hurricane six months later, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And so it was very much like, a hit and hit so when one right we, after the other yeah it was yeah. hard mm -hmm. and so how did it affect your your family right because you're you're married you have two kids how how did the the aftermath of hurricane dorian um affect your your marriage and, and your the rest of your family well we became i would say uh climate um migrants they don't want to use the word migrants maybe more so climate refugees or replacements mm -hmm. uh, uh, climate travelers, maybe mm -hmm. we could use that term, mm -hmm. which is more politically correct. But um, so we ended up in, I would say, the best, um, uh, the best place we could. We went back home. So my parents, being that they are humanitarians from since I could remember, they've always had people seek rescue in their home. Mm -hmm. This was a little bit more difficult because this was their family, so it was personal. So, you know, me and Dana and Leighton and Soleil ended up. That's your husband and kids? Yes, right. mm -hmm. Dana. And Leighton's here too, so he's very excited. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Leighton? <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was, it was a very difficult transition and also for me, it was, I, I was all in my feelings. So I was very expressing my feelings a lot. Mm -hmm. And Dana took it a different way, completely different. He held it in. And um, so we both weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just that we had a, the storm happened and then like you just move on. Like our family was going through an aftermath of the storm. Absolutely. And we had to not just rebuild a home, but rebuild ourselves. And I think people miss out on the care for kids as well. Mm -hmm. Like one week they were back to school and the next week we were on another island back with my parents with limited toys. And um, I, I say that because my son was very devastated about the toys and we think about it like, oh, well, we lost our stuff and we were upset, so he's allowed to be upset about his toys, sure. you know. Um, and so we we came back and we 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 tried to settle in, but it was difficult, mm -hmm. you know. And even with school, finding a school for the kids was hard for me because I didn't want to be forced to choose a school because we were relocated, and mm -hmm. everybody's like, "Well, you don't have that privilege." I was like. Well, they'll just wait until I make a decision on what school they're going to sure, go to. Sure. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't about being privileged. We had lost everything. So at least let me have the kids go to a school that I want them to go mm -hmm. to. Um, and luckily, we were able to settle them in. But I look back at the photos of the kids and their face were like 
in shock. And people always say, kids are so resilient, they'll bounce back and this thing and the next thing. It's not that simple. The kids mm -hmm. need care, otherwise you'll have that um, childhood trauma later no. on in your adult life. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a traumatic experience, right? You <clears throat> was living in Abaco, another island in the Bahamas, hurricane hit, you lost your home, all of your possessions, and you had to relocate to Nassau, right? You were in Abaco, living in a home, you and your family, in a comfortable space, right? Mm -hmm. And then you had to move back to Nassau, and your entire family had to move in with your parents. Like, only could you imagine, uh, you know, the effect it had on, you know, each and every one of your family members, including your parents, having now to adjust with you guys mm -hmm. being in the home, right? But how, how did it affect you personally? Like, what, what was your personal experience in the aftermath of Dorian? Well... I guess I could track back. So in 2015, I experienced postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I feel like it got so bad was I was too afraid to talk about what was happening to me. And so I, I didn't get help until like nine months. Mm -hmm. So for me, when this happened, I didn't want anybody to tell me, shh, don't say nothing. Oh, shh, we don't, you don't need to talk about that. Nobody was gonna hush me at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. I was gonna express my feelings as I felt it. And it was hard. It was like, I had somebody tell me that um, two weeks later that I don't understand why you're so upset, right? I, I said, okay, so two weeks ago, before the storm, your car got a scratch on it and you were livid, mm. you were upset. You cried about your car getting scratched. But you're looking at me after losing everything that I owned and said, I don't understand why you're so upset. My car was mashed up like paper mm -hmm. and had fish swimming in it when I found it. Mm -hmm. So I think that people lacked um, empathy, you know, and, I, and people who were in the same economical background as me could not really Really? put themselves in that position to yeah. say, wow, I lost everything to me. Yeah. Oh, but this person, you know, they lost this and they lost that. You should be grateful. I never said I wasn't grateful for my life. I like, I, honestly, we had the best recovery spot. It, it, it was amazing. My mom, look, my son, he's like, for real. <laughs> like, my mom decided that, you know, it would be great for us to wear colorful clothes all the time. So she took us shopping and we only got colorful clothes because mm -hmm. she felt like if you were wearing colorful clothes or wearing something that's nice, you would feel nice. Mm -hmm. And that was her way of helping, mm -hmm. you know? And then we always had, we always had, we didn't have to warrant for anything. Mm -hmm. So we were able to recover and, 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 and heal. And I think that that was really important and I'm really grateful for them and also my sister as well. Um, and my family in general, they just all came together and like helped us out. So you had a community, right? You, yeah. you went through this, this, this tragic loss, this, this, this hurricane experience, um, you and your family and having to relocate, but you, you know, had some place to go. Your, your family accepted you mm -hmm. um, as they should. I mean, it's always good when we could, you know, have family members or even friends who, you know, could assist us during our mm -hmm. time of, of crisis and tragedy and everything. Um, so moving home and, and, you know, I think you experienced, you know, si similar things to what I experienced, right? Because I, I remember uh, when my parents passed, uh, the day 
I think it was the day after they passed that there was this, um, and I mentioned this in one of my earlier pods, where we went through this, uh, this counseling session that, that they, where, where they wanted us to, uh, the, the, the counselor wanted us to like release my parents or the, the reality that my parents had passed, like I accept it and release it, right? But you never, like, in, in, in that moment, you know, for me it was the next day, for you it was two weeks later, but, you know, there's no time limit on the process that it would take right. for you to rebound and, and rebuild, rebuild yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because you go through this traumatic experience and people don't understand, right? I, I always say, like, you know, sometimes the best thing for people to do is just absolutely say nothing. I agree. You know, because they... They they want to help. I think so, they and wanna I want to be yeah. there for you, but they yeah. really never know what to say, right. right? And always end up saying the wrong thing. I know. I feel so. I think I think the best thing is to have empathy, hmm. because I think I don't think people even understood how traumatizing that could be hmm. on on you. They just wanted to, you to be resilient, and you can't be resilient without processing the grief. It's impossible. No, absolutely. And I think you, you said something that uh, kind of, I think, echoes like what I've been saying for a number of episodes on this part, right? You, um, you had postpartum de depression after, after the birth of your child, mm -hmm. or during your pregnancy, I should say, and you didn't want to say anything, right? You mm -hmm. didn't deal with it until, I think you said, nine months, right? Yeah, it took me about nine months before I could even say anything. And, and my thing was is that and I could be real with y'all, like, Danan's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Danan's her husband. Yes. Shout out to Danan. We just got <laughs> married, and um, I couldn't stop crying. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make any sense to me. And Leighton's over here right now. He's um, now 12, mm -hmm. and we're both healthy and good. And he didn't experience a, a depressive mother at all. Mm -hmm. his, his version of mother is is really awesome positive good. i would like to say look oh he's saying yes <laughs> he too see <laughs> yeah so um, you you you, yeah. you experienced that um but i think you know having went through that right you learned a lot about yourself a lot about how you deal with those type of situations mm -hmm. what to do what not to do right mm -hmm. and then coming to the experience of uh the hurricane and losing the hurricane Something clicked in you. It was like, yo, I'm not going to be quiet about this. Right. I have to talk about this mm -hmm. for, for me. Yeah. Right? And I think that echoes, uh, you know, something that I continue to say on this part, right? Everything that we go through is preparing us for the next phase in our lives, right? So I, agree. I, I, I think that postpartum depression that you went through prepared you for not just the hurricane crisis, but any other crisis that you could experience, right? Because mm -hmm. now you're you've developed a, a process for yourself, right? right? Knowing that, okay, I need to talk about it. I need to uh, I need to let people know how I feel and why I feel, even for myself, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can start the rebuilding process. Right. And, and I, I think things like that, we almost, it almost goes unnoticed or we take, we, we take for granted, um, but we should always recognize like our growth, even, even how, mm -hmm. no matter how small it is, right? With every situation that we go through, we learn something about ourselves. Right, right? I definitely when we learn how to uh, develop and process things uh, so that we can make it out on the other end, mm -hmm. right? Um, so moving now to, you've moved back to Nassau, you, you've lived with uh, your parents um, for a period of time, and now you, you have to start thinking about, okay, what 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 happens next right like like what do we mm -hmm. do now and i'm sure that was uh, 
a, a process for you guys, right? Uh, yeah. It's a, the rebuilding process. So I, I want to talk about the real rebuilding process. First of all, for your business, how, how did you get into the mindset of, okay, I just experienced almost total loss, mm -hmm. right? But I'm starting now to uh, gain, gain my ground and, and get a sense of normalcy somehow. Right. And I need to get back to work. So how, how was the process of getting back to work? So I guess this was just like the perfect meet, perfect client before the storm occurred because we were working on an accounting firm with um, office space. Mm -hmm. And so when the storm happened, we continued to work on, on their project and develop it. So um, the client allowed us to stay in their space um, in one of the offices so that we could rebuild. Right. And so they gave us a space to create, which is so meaningful. But again, I, I spoke about losing everything and um, putting in all my cash. So being an accountant and auditing firm, it made me wake up to how to address my finances. Mm -hmm. So we basically rebuild the company, but not just the design aspect, the business structure. Mm -hmm. And we had people at our dispose, disposal to, to help us with, with the financial aspect, help us with the accounting aspect, and, and, and also have a space for us to create. And it was, it was really, really a good time. And we spent about a year there, um, and then I was like, okay, we now we now need our own space, which was very scary for me because Dana likes this a lot about me now, but I don't rush to to spend money <laughs> as much. <laughs> I, I plan it um, a little bit better. Um, I do run out sometimes, mm. but but only you know justified or whatever. <laughs> and then whatever I purchase or invest in, I have to love it. Not gonna gather or, uh, or pick up a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It has to have some sort of meaning to me. Um, has some sort of version of a value or add value to to what um, you know my my life. And so having that um, that steady space. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful, especially to Mr. Galanis. Oh my God, he's my favorite. Mm -hmm. He is because he didn't. He didn't know who I was, and it was so funny to say it like that, right? Because him and my mom worked together for years. And so when he met me, I continued to work, and then after we, he had already agreed for me to stay in the space and stuff, he was like, why didn't you tell me who your mom was? I was like, oh. She's like, he's like, she's an accountant. You would have, you know, basically figured that, that, that you, I would have known her. I was like, I, just, I didn't know you guys were great friends right, or whatnot. Right. And... Um, and it was just, they, they gave us a safe space, mm -hmm. yeah. So it sounds like you had a community, right? Because right. you had a network of, of family and friends that assisted you in mm -hmm. this rebuild. Um, you, you think you could have done it without that community? No, and then I have some really close friends as well that, that, that listen to me talk mm -hmm. endlessly and cry for forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a lot of crying. It was a lot. It was, it was very painful and I don't want to like, discard that or push that away. It was a, a very painful feeling. And I think for a lot of people to see that pain, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I realize that now. Um, 
it's not everybody can handle seeing that level of grief mm. and it doesn't make them not your friend or your family it's just we all have to protect our feelings as well we can't pour into somebody else Absolutely. more than we have mm -hmm. and i so you know we, we spoke about your well partially about rebuilding your business and i want to come back to that but let's let's go to your family right because we you you went through this devastation now rebuilding uh, your family to to the point where maybe you guys were you know where you were prior to the storm or even in a better place to the storm right so how how was the rebuilding process for your marriage your family and yourself i think it's important to have communication mm -hmm. i think that like I said before, me and Dana experienced the aftermath a bit differently and trying to be on sync and we're both in pain, the kids are in pain and it's hard to comfort someone when you're in that level of oof, mm. hurt, like devastation. Like, So we both had to step out and, and, and take care of ourselves and then also take care of each other. Right. So it was, step out is the wrong word, sorry. No, I know, I, mean, yeah, I yeah. think we know what you mean. Okay. We know what you mean. Because yeah. I ain't going nowhere. No, 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 we know, what you, we know what you mean. It just takes some time out yeah, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, so, we got it. So, you know, the things that we would have done before, we kind of needed to still do, like Dana go hang out with his friends, or I go out and hang out with my friends, or hang out with, um, you know, my cousins or whatnot, because I have a really close cousin. I call her my sister, friend, cousin. <laughs> she's she's one of the best. She's she's not my sister, but she's my older sister in my in my in my mind. Mm -hmm. So um, spending time with her, my sister, and then some of my close friends, I was able to to have my own space and my own security. Um, so that when I am with Dana I didn't necessarily just express my pain. Mm -hmm. He got a chance to see the softness. And my biggest fear is seeing women, well, my biggest fear is being a woman that's hard. So, which means like, so my grandmother, she just passed away last week. And she was the hardest person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Strongest person, but hardest person as well. Mm -hmm. And I love her dearly for all the lessons, but I don't think she's ever been able to to be soft. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think women should be hard. Right. I think that they should be given grace. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she was able to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you and your husband, uh, I think did what a lot of us need to do, right? Especially when, we, when we're going through like a, a, a tragic experience, uh, work on ourselves, right? Figure out how or what it is that we need to do to get ourselves where we could at least start to, you know, ex extend ourselves to our loved ones, right? Because I can't imagine, and a lot of people, I think the difficulty that people have is that a lot, a lot of people can't relate to the trauma and devastation that a lot of other persons experience, right? Right. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I wanted them to. I was mad that they couldn't. they couldn't. But now that I look back at it, I wouldn't want anybody to feel what we felt. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like awful. Yeah. So while, but I, I did want more understanding yeah. in, that, in that time. I, I think it's one of those who feels it knows it kind of thing, right? Because, you know, when I 
in losing my parents, like someone who lost their parents, like I couldn't relate. Like I remember when I was super young, I had a, uh, I was in a choir, kids choir, and our choir director, um, he, he lost his parents, both of his parents in a plane crash. It was the, I can't remember the airline, but it was the, the, the airline crash that um, happened over the Florida Everglades in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And I just remember, I remember the, the feeling of, of seeing him depressed because he was like someone that I looked up to that I loved and you know just him losing his parents and he was so like devastated and you know but even at that that age I couldn't relate and when I lost my parents like he was the first person that Mm -hmm. I thought of Mm -hmm. because like I was like wow this is how he felt right Right. regardless of like how much I love someone or know someone like unless I you know it's I'm, I'm not saying that it's impossible to be able to relate but it's hard to be able to relate, right? It's hard to be able to relate to someone losing their ho- their home and, mm-hmm. and their business and everything that they, they owned, or it's hard to relate to someone who lost a loved one un- right. unexpectedly, mm-hmm. right? And I think the difficulty that we have is we try to force the, uh, the, the, the we try to force ourselves to be able to relate. And again, like we, right. we we just don't say the right things. Like oh, we always right. we always put our foot in our mouth. So like now, I, like I always encourage people. Like sometimes the best thing to do is to say nothing. I agree. Right, just be there. Be like your your friends and family. For example, mm-hmm. they were just an air for you to talk. Right. Because right, I remember one one time I was with my cousin, um, and I could talk about it a little bit. Um, so we went back to Abaco three days after the storm. We were the first plane to land on the island after the storm. And they refused to have me on the plane. And somehow I convinced the pilot that it would be a good idea to send at least one woman. Like it might be, it might make sense, right? (laughs) And they were, they were not into it. And so um, I finally convinced them. And this is how me and my sister work out really well, right? When, 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 when needed, our team is, is undeniably like, tight mm. so she stayed in Nassau and she was like okay Larry, I don't need you to panic but it's gonna be bad right so so she stayed in Nassau and she kept the GPS locations and she she everybody called her mm-hmm. nobody called me she told she she turned off my phone somehow basically nobody messaged me the entire time I was there I was only focused on the information she provided to me. So she sent GPS locations to our friends and family so that we can find them and make sure that they are secured. Most of them had young kids. And so our goal, Danan and I, Danan does this all the time. I've never done it before. Danan always goes after a storm to help. Mm -hmm. I've never actually physically gone. I've helped with donations of clothes or um, sorting out um, food and all that kind of stuff. I, I do that version, but this was really personal, so I had to go. Um, and so when we arrived there, the, that level of shock that my sister was referring to um, happened. And so I was like, shoots, I don't think I could do this, <laughs> right? But then it occurred to me that why can't I do it? Sure. You know what I mean? Like I was like, we're already here. This is going to be hard. So I like sucked it up and I was like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. We got to the house and it was the first time I've ever seen a body without being in the morgue. Mm. Ooh, my whole heart. It was, it was, it was painful. So 
of course, anybody that experiences that had to get, you know, we did, had, they, they gave me a timeout. The guys gave me a timeout. Mm-hmm. And so Dana put me back in the car. He took the keys to the car. They left me at the airport. So they went and they got different people to come back to, to, um, to the airport. And then Lorette continued to send me, Lorette's my sister, by the way, continued to send me the different GPS locations. I gave the information to the guys and then they, they went ahead and got all our friends and family. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I had to take a break and I did. And I, I valued the fact that I took my time out. And when I realized that I was gonna be sitting at the airport for a while, I ended up trying to figure out how best we could um, organize the the transport of so many people that were at the airport. Sure. Um, the airport control was exhausted. And so I ended up sitting in the front with the security and sorting out, um, you know, mothers, kids, the elderly, the the sick um, and then men who decided that they wanted to go with their families or wanted to stay to help and I don't think I would have done something like that Mm -hmm. in terms of like I don't think I would have found the strength if it didn't personally happen to me Mm. you know what I mean because I look back at it I looked at the videos this morning and I looked back at it and it was like hundreds Dana it was hundreds or it was so many people I don't know at the airport Yeah, it was like almost a thousand people, and I wow. and I am I am terrified of public speaking, mm. and I stood up in front of all these people without fail and said, "Look, guys, I went through what you went through, so we're all here to help. We're not trying to to delay your you know process of getting back home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's about experiencing things and 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 seeing your strength in in your losses." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and being that I'm a, a big crier, I, I held that, I sucked those tears back up <laughs> so hard. Cause <laughs> and I, um, and yeah, and I made sure that they got home because I had a good home to stay. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so you went through that experience, uh, lost everything, lost your, your, your business for a period of time. But now on the other side of that, like, you're super successful, right? Ooh, the, the look business. at this mask calling me successful. I feel so good. <laughs> business has bounced back. You've, you've won a number of awards uh, within your industry. Um, you've been in a number of publications as well. So I, I think you've, you've done well in your, in your rebuild, right? In your rebound. And, I would say so. And I, I wanted to ask you specifically, how were how you able to um, build your, your, your business back up or even better to what it was before the storm like how how was the process how, how like what what steps did you use what principles did you use what what did you do to to rebuild the business i took it back to the basics basically in terms of like i said working with hl being in the hlb office it forced me to start a business structure mm. Instead of just focusing on the design, I also had to understand how to make money mm. and how to invest money. Mm. Um, and the discussion about wealth management and all of these aspects on what do you do when you make money? You know what I mean? And so I didn't want my my funds or my, my money to be um, invested in the wrong way again. Mm. And so 
we worked on that and then we also took small steps i took smaller projects on i didn't take on anything that was too big that would have cost me to be overwhelmed mm -hmm. um and then now i finally do have the big jobs and i'm able to handle it in a in a more secured manner mm -hmm. Everybody was rushing, oh, you have to take on these large residential projects or these large developments and you have to do this and you have to do that. I always say if Chakis makes a dollar and Wild Time makes a dollar, they both make a dollar mm -hmm. net profit. Mm -hmm. Does it matter that Chakis has to make a certain amount more in order for, to get that dollar? Not really. As long as your net profit is what your goal is that's all that really matters sure. so i took a lot of small projects and i still do to this day because people appreciate those one room transformations like i had um these two jamaican ladies oh my god it was one of my best to date it was a small kitchen um and they they once it was finished and we did the reveal the lady said oh my goodness you did it, it, it was her her appreciation for what I did sure. was so heartwarming mm. that that I I tend to realize it made me realize that design is so much more than and I've always known this but it, it registered again that it's so much more than what you put in the space mm. it's more so how people live and how they feel in the, in the space yeah, yeah. and I, I I totally agree with you right because when you're you know, what, the way you grew your business is just taking it back to basics, like you said, right? You, you go back and I like to say do the math, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I break everything down. Like, what do I have? Like, how, you know, what, what resources am I, how, do I have access to? You know, what are my expenses or what do I have? What are my responsibilities? And I differentiate the two and figure out, like, what am I going mm -hmm. to live on? And it sounds like that's what you did. Just taking it back to basics, right? It isn't a quick process, right? I'm sure it, it took some time. It did take time. And I think I'm glad that I took that time because I think rushing into these larger projects, I would have failed. Mm -hmm. And I would have failed epically. I also took time to watch what other business and companies I ask, what was challenging in your business? What would you have done differently mm. if you had a chance to do it differently? And so I've learned from others and their failures, trying to make less mistakes, trying to, to, to build my business as the structure that we have in the design. So I'm not rushing to do a rendering. I'm starting from the concept. Sure. I'm starting from the program. I'm understanding what the client's needs are first mm. before I try to push out a design um, and I miss a step. Mm. You have to. You have to. You have to start from the beginning. You can't miss steps when it comes to creating design. That's right. So go back to basics, and then you learn from others within the industry, um, or get gaining information. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's that's also key. Um, de definitely also key. So, you know, what what would you someone in that in, in who is in your position, or maybe will be in your position one day, right? Lost their businesses or encountered a, a, a tragic event, what would be your advice to them? What, what would you say to them and, and how they can, can rebuild and rebound from that situation? I think it's important for you to take, take time. I think it's essential to um, process your grief first. And then I also think that you have the opportunity to start new. So if you, before a tragedy, 
um, wasn't doing what you really wanted to do, this is that opportunity for you mm. to start over. Um, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of time. And, and, and there will be pain with it because with pain, you have growth. Um, also, try to, to, to educate yourself on areas that you feel that you're weak in. Like we talk about um, postpartum depression. I wouldn't say it's a weakness for me at this point going through that made me more strong. And so every time for the past couple of years, I've, I've studied about depression and I've studied um, psychology and cognitive skills. I've spent time studying more about what happened to me than what I've then I've studied interior design mm-hmm. in order for me to be able to take care of myself. But then if I, I also recognize when it happens to somebody else and I am the one that's going to call it out and, and I don't feel bad about it, mm-hmm. you know, because if I could prevent something happening to somebody that's close to me, then then I, I don't care if you're mad at me. No, for sure. <laughs> each one to each one. Right? Yeah. That's that's the that's the principle in that. Um, no, I think that's great advice, Larry. Um, and I think each of us, you know, if, if you don't think you're going to go through a similar situation or you don't think you're going to experience something tragic in your life, uh, think you're being naive, right? And, yeah. you know, the, the purpose of, of this is I, I wanted not, I didn't want you to just hear it from me um, and the things that I've seen and the recommendations I've made, but hear it from someone else who has been through not the same situation, but something similar and has made it out on the other end. You know, like I said, Luria has been able to rebuild into a, a, a very successful business. Her and her husband are doing very, very well. Um, Thank you for the blessings. We can <laughs> continue to speak it. I, I cannot wait for everybody to see what we have in store this year. No, it has sure. been our best year yet. And that's great, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's great coming off losing everything to yeah. the best year you've ever had. And now I can appreciate it as Absolutely. well. I think I was, you know, earlier on, everybody was like, you got to appreciate what you have. You have to appreciate what you have. It wasn't that I wasn't grateful. It wasn't that I didn't appreciate what I had. But the loss was valid. Uh-huh. And people need to feel like they have validation to have the feelings that they have. Sure, and sure. I have a whole lot of feelings, so I needed to let it go. Nah, that's great, that's <laughs> great. I'm, I'm super happy for you, Laurie. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to know where you came from and the, the experience that you had to where you are now and the experiences that you're having uh, and your happiness. You know, you yeah. can see it, it's, it's all over your face and your family's faces. Um, I'm, I'm super happy for you guys, man. And I appreciate you coming on and, and telling a little bit about your story. Um, but let's do some plugging. Um, you know, let the folks know how they can get in contact with you if they want some interior designing or mm-hmm. just to figure out how they can uh, take advantage of the, the services that you offer. So we have an office. It's in Sandyport, 212 Lagoon Court. And you can find us on Instagram. I have been quite honest on my tr- thread about the process of interior design and what we do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So that's LT underscore design underscore studio. Um, I also have TikTok. You can find me on TikTok. It's quite funny, not the um, other versions, but the showing interior design. <laughs> <laughs> and then Facebook. And then my website is com. And our office phone number is 421-3326. All right. So all of our Bahamian listeners, and if you're international, uh, maybe you want to invest in the Bahamas and, and, and find a uh, vacation home here. 
the reach of the person if you need to deck it out. Okay, so I'm gonna put uh, we're gonna put all of her information somewhere here in the middle of the screen for you guys to contact her. For those of you who are listening, uh, she just told you what it was. So if you need to reach out, uh, please do so. And um, I promise you, you won't you won't regret it. Larie does a, a very good job. Uh, I'm I was uh, pleased with the work that she's done for me so far. That makes me feel really good. Uh, and definitely going to engage her again uh, when I build the house. We're gonna make some magic no, happen. Sure, I tell you, sure. I have plans for that. <laughs> the wife. I was the wife just now. She's excited. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's it's good to to create your family home. No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, that brings us to the portion of the poll where we do a milestone and kind of just wanted to summarize what we've been talking about right um the milestone for today is uh the push you need may not be uh may may not be something that you like but it's something that is necessary right so you're in a position in life where you feel uncomfortable or you aren't doing enough right and sometimes we need that little push right we need to be uh thrown in the fire right to to figure out how we're going to survive and, and make it out and sometimes that's the push that we need and the push comes in many different ways right it comes in in tragedy it comes in crisis it comes with loss uh but that experience builds us and develops us into a stronger better person and you know we're able to uh just be better right be more successful gain a better knowledge of our experiences and how how we can empathize and, and sympathize with others all right so look forward to the push and i just hope that that push accelerates you to another promotion in your life all right so that brings us to the end of this episode larie thank you so much for joining us thank, thank you, you for so being much. here uh, my pleasure uh, i'm so happy to hear your story um all the best in your future endeavors um and i i hope to bring you back on when you uh, get even more successful, right? And we could talk about how you're, you've been able to scale your businesses and 10X your business, all right? Sounds good okay. to me. So as you know, as always, the purpose and vision for this part is to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, or any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. All right, so until next time, you guys stay blessed.